Uh, perhaps a little drink first? Oh, thank you, Hero. That's very kind. Yes, that'll do. Thank you. Oh, hello, everyone. Well, as you can probably tell, we're up here on Spacehawk to make the selection today. In fact, Hero says we can stay the night, so we're going to have a little bit of a sleepover. You know, watch a film, have some snacks. This will be the first time I have ever had three of you in the same bed. Hero, really? There may be children listening. It's kind of weird. Oh, you can say that again, 101. What's that, Marina? Oh, um, Marina's asking if she could have some more lemonade, please. Oh, you drank that quickly. Uh, just a little bit more, then. Have you ever considered that there may be others on board that would benefit from some daily interaction? Oh, do you feel I have been neglecting you, 101? No, Hero, it's not that. I think 101 just feels a little left out in general, you know? I mean, after all, it was Pod 101 last week, and he wasn't even mentioned. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And after all, we've been through, too. Well, don't worry, 101. We're here today because we would like you to make the 101st randomizer selection. Let me just reach past you and drag it over. Hey, hey! What did I tell you about doing that on my nice shiny floor? Oh, sorry. Well, it should be close enough now for you to reach the button. You have a 1050. That's it, thank you. And I'm sure Lieutenant Hero appreciates you. Uh, don't you, Hero? 101, I hold your friendship in the highest regard and find our conversations most stimulating. Tomorrow, we shall embark on a whole new series of conversations. There, you see? Right after I finish germinating some new seeds. New seeds? Well, it's a start, isn't it? Ah, oh, typical. Anyway, let's see what you've chosen on the old randomizer today. Oh, well, well done, 101. It's Terrorhawks, and it's close call. Uh, in fact, 101, could I get you to give us the intro line? Oh, no. No, you don't. Oh, go on, please. Okay. Terrorhawks, stay on this channel. This is an emergency. Perfect. So here we are back in the early days of Terrorhawks with a, a very somber opening, this pan across the uh, the ruins of the the Mars Expedition Base. It's nice when the show remembered that this place existed. Um, and I love the idea that Zelda just left it. Um, it makes her destruction of it seem all the more pointless. Anyway. ...is maintaining a planned radio silence. Yes, as part of a test program. <laughs> Do you expect my 100 million readers to believe that? I'm accusing NASA of a cover-up. Oh, nonsense. I believe the base on Mars has been attacked, possibly destroyed. I believe the Earth itself may well be threatened. Pure speculation. I'm convinced a defense organization has been set up to counter the threat. He said in his column he was going to drop a bombshell tonight. I think it could be coming up right now. I believe the name of the organization is Terrahawks. So this is reporter Mark Darrell um, talking to NASA Colonel Johnson. Denial of all theories produced without a shred of evidence. And this is his first appearance, I believe. What about some solid evidence? Which is strange because at this point we don't know he has any connection to the Terrahawks. He may as well just be a one-off guest character. Indeed, he might have been a one-off guest character. And they decided after that um, to keep him around. One thing I do know... That man could be a threat to our entire security. Back to hawk nests. Anyway, this is episode four of Terror Hawks, and um, probably, oh no, actually, because it's the fourth shown, I think. Um, there's always that that issue in the early days of Terror Hawks where you've got gold sat there um, as the was it the third episode made, which would make this the fifth episode made. Maybe I don't know. There is a space freighter in the area, but CSC are getting a double echo. You mean there may be two ships? Yeah. 
and one of them could be Zelda using the... This was another a Terrorhawks trope as well. Oh, there's always a freighter in the way. There's a space station in the way. Oh, we can't do it. The president's flying past. It was always that excuse for one episode only, and then it never happened again. If it was Zelda's ship, it's through. Although I still think the Terrorhawks have a better, better success rate at repelling alien ships than, uh, than Shadow do. I have a possible lead which... Lightning, or close, but no thunder. Still writing his story about the Terrorhawks. I'm not quite sure how he, how he got onto the Terrorhawks. Um, you could assume that maybe Zelda had clued him in. That would be one way the, uh, the story could have unfolded. But as we see here, he, this is his first encounter with Zelda. One of her ships is landing in his back garden, in fact. That's nice. That was approaching Daryl's model house, and there's this sort of Zelda hissing noise. It's it's a lovely, creepy, suspenseful build-up to the uh, the reveal of Zelda and Young Star in this scene. You don't often have have moments of them seeming menacing like this. Again, that wouldn't last very long. I know you're there. Put the gun down. There she is. Who are you? My name is Zelda. Drop the gun. With the cube. Oh, and there's poor old youngster. My mother says. Very soggy. What do you want? I find we have a mutual interest. The Terrorhawk Organization. You've broken into my house. I'm warning you, there's an automatic alarm system. The police will be on their way. My mother can control matter. You will notice she is not wet from the rain. <laughs> Young Star, meanwhile, is soaked. Which is an early indication of how little... The Terrorhawks. Zelda cares for her son. Going to help each other. Is it Daryl's down? Bring him to the ship. Presumably not dead. Uh, the cube shot him with a... A smaller hole than the, the, the shot it fired earlier. So Daryl is presumably not dead at this point. Keep that in mind. It's going to be important as we go through this. You disciplined Hawkeye without hearing his side of the story. Seven days loss of privilege for failing to log a service report? It may not have been his fault. It was his responsibility. You must be fair. I'm not... And here's one of the weaker elements of this episode, which thankfully didn't last too long after this. The, um... Fighting unit at all times. Taking the show... See fair play. And seriously, um, for lack of a better word, um, having the... You know, this scene would work. Why did you want to tell... But not with these puppets. The supply overlander has reached section... There's just something about these puppets. They can't really... Seeing them argue about... Discipline, and, and later on, there's a similar scene about security. Day at the beach. Oh, that's a nice line, though. Yeah, it doesn't work with these puppets, um, which is probably why they didn't do too many more scenes like that after this. Anyway, here comes the greatest Terrorhawks vehicle for a lot of people, the Overlander, their supply train. Ready for liftoff, sir. 10.50. Battlehawk is now going out to meet. Set course for rendezvous point. ETA, 64 minutes. This thing is is a real monster. It, it reminds me a lot of the um, the three army trucks from the Joe ninety episode uh, Colonel McLean. I'm sure they were an inspiration for this. Just seeing this um, 
these these vehicles just plowing across the countryside. Uh, or oh, this is a lot bigger than those those Joe ninety trucks. It's on the scale of a Thunderbirds vehicle, like the Sidewinder or the Crab Logger, just destroying everything it it it, it meets. Anyway, here's Daryl in a cube. Offense intended. I'll tell you one thing. I don't trust her. All that idiot's son. But I made a deal, and I'll keep it. You certainly will, Daryl. This is Daryl in a cube out in the desert. Well. Oh, he's getting a green light shined in his face. But again, at this point, though, he still seems to be the, uh, you know, the same Mark Daryl as he was at the start of the episode. Bit, uh, bit of sass there. Talking about Zelda behind her back. Lower the cargo door. Again, remember that it's going to be important later on. Oh, and. Battlehawk is unloading her her rear cargo door. I don't remember seeing that in any other episode. Oh, the cube is spinning. What's it going to do? What's Daryl going to do? Oh, lots of colours. And the Overlander is stopping. Ooh, what a gorgeous vehicle. The Overlander. It stopped. Complete electronic failure. We'd better get out there. Starting again. All oh, those huge tires. They do so much to make this model look absolutely enormous. Wait, it's moving again. You don't always get much of a sense of scale with the Terrorhawks models, except for the Overlander. It's like they saved up all the sense of scale for this one vehicle. Anyway, Daryl is now at the controls of the Overlander with his uh, friend the Cube aboard as well. Destroy the Terrorhawks! Oh, that's a nice shot. Close up of Daryl's eyes replaced suddenly with, with Zelda's eyes. And the Daryl Puppet is a is an okay looking guest character, except he's um, much like many Terrorhawks characters in the early days, he's prone to showing off his teeth even when his mouth isn't open. And this is one of my favourite pieces of incidental music in the whole show. It's wonderful. And closing fast. I don't like it. Oh no! Not the random installation in the middle of nowhere. He just crushed it. Blew it up. In just a little box with some pipes. It looks like a runaway. That's it, the Overlander's bearing down on the Battlehawk. This is also one of my favourite scenes in the whole show. It's, this is, uh... It's under manual control. What? Someone's driving it. What? Oh, lovely shot of the underside of Battlehawk here as the Overlander cruises past. Oddly, they didn't think to move Battlehawk yet. I was close. Too close. He's trying to ram us. Close the cargo door. 10-10. Maybe we should have done that before it had a chance to go at us, but... Get Battle Tank out there. Yeah, Battle Tank. Actually, Battle Tank and also Battle Hawk have got a lot of weight to them in this scene, a lot of size. There's a... Get it off. Sure. Well, there's a tree. And there was a tree. Battle Tank just doesn't have time for trees. And it's kind of dull and repetitive as it got seeing um, the Terrorhawks battling in deserts, because it was always in deserts. To open fire. Yes. These scenes always look lovely. Oh, that's it. Hit on the Overlander. And again. Oh. And it looked like there's some real damage to the model there. Bits are flying off, and it's uh, now got a great big hole in it. But Daryl's still not stopping, although the cube is uh, blasting the door open just in case it needs to get away. 
Oh, that's it. Rear section of the Overlander gone. And... Oh, I love that. It tips onto its back. There's wheels flying all over the place. And then... Boom. Of course, this, this Overlander is uh, is the Terrorhawk supply train. So it's got all their... Got you. It's got all their food and supplies on. So any attack on the Overlander is, is quite a... Quite a serious blow to the organisation. Tiger won't have his... Uh, his crab's claw for another week or so. I don't know how long it is between supply runs. Here it comes again. You're going to take off yet? 10.50. Oh, finally. You've given it enough chances to, to get you. Culminating this. Oh, it only just misses. Sensors indicate 7.3 centimetres clearer, sir. Thank you, Zero. Tell Battletank not to let it get away. I want whoever's behind that wheel. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, this poor Overlander model. Oh, that's it. Front section. Oh, tyres flying all over the place. The cube and Daryl are flying out the open door. Oh, oh, this poor model. I don't know if they had, like, a master model for, for the not-being-destroyed scenes. But this, uh, this one being blown up and smashed and ruined and crushed looks just as real as the, the regular one. Well, well, Mr. Mark Darrell. Cube's damaged. And a bit more now. I see you've made some new friends. Bad choice. On your feet. He is on his feet. Questions to answer. A lot of questions. I suppose that's the danger of recording dialogue before the, the visuals have been filmed. Occasionally, little bits like that sneak through. Anyway, Daryl has now been taken back to Hawknest. I'm telling you the truth. I swear it. All I wanted was a story. I don't buy it, Daryl. I don't buy any of it. Why do you assume everything he says is a lie? Because that's the safe option. Lock him up. Right. Let's get rolling. First cubes, now balls. <laughs> So Daryl still seems to be a bit sassy at this point. Um, he says all he wanted was the story. Option. What about fair? And it certainly looks like he was under the hypnotic control of Zelda for the time he was at the controls of the Overlander. Condemning Daryl without any real evidence or proof. Because the cube shined that green light in his face. Higher security. He was following a story. He's a reporter. He tried to ram us. In my book, that's attempted murder. Then he should stand trial. How can he go into open court with what he knows? So you're to be the judge and jury? And this is the other scene I felt was far too serious in this episode. Why don't you go all the way? Eliminate Daryl, and you eliminate all security risk. That's a really safe option. Yeah, this is probably the definitive scene in why the Terrorhawks puppets can't handle uh, great drama. What about a drink of water? I can't leave my post. Which isn't to say that look like tungsten steel. I'm not the, the show can't support that level I'll of watch him. of storytelling, as as was proven a lot in um, in the Big Finish audios. I think it's just something about the the visuals. Better, much better. Anyway, that's a very quick shot. Daryl just forced his way out of his uh, prison cell. What's that? Bent the bars with his bare hands, and he's gone. Aiming thunderbolts. So, by this point, you're starting to see that, uh... Destroy the terror! 
there's something a bit odd about Daryl. There's um, one or two inconsistencies. Are you all right, ma'am? I'll be fine. Stay here in case he tries to double back. And this poor Zero doesn't even have a number. Anyway, Daryl's now heading to the uh, the magazine. Oh, lots of explosives and such. How's he going to get in? Punch his fist through the metal door. Mary's down here? Yes, sir. She went after the prisoner. So, at this point, we've seen that Daryl is a human being. Uh, we've seen him under the control of Zelda. But now, suddenly, he's doing things that a human being shouldn't be able to do. At least not without severe injury. But Daryl just bent steel bars and punched through a metal door like it was nothing. Yes, there are certain psychiatric conditions that can impart tremendous physical strength for brief periods. Thank you very much, Doctor. And we're going to discover why in a minute, and it's one of the enduring mysteries of the entire series. Just what the hell is the deal with Mark Daryl? Anyway, he's now uh, priming a bomb. But Mary's gone in after him. Daryl? Tiger's here too. I want to talk to you. Sure. Come in, Einstein. But alone. And poor old Mary's hair looks, uh... Well, she's had a rough day so far. She's, uh... She's a little the worse for wear. And this is a nicely tense and effective search for Daryl in the, uh... The magazine, and, um... Oh! He's knocked Tiger over. Tiger's lost his gun. But Mary's found it. It's all up to her to save the day now. This whole place goes up and there's nothing you can do about it. Hold it. Right there. Move back, Daryl. I said, move back. I'm trying to. I seem to be held in some sort of force field. Don't buy it, Mary. I'm trying to break it. Mary, fire. Give me a chance. You wouldn't shoot a man in cold blood. For space's sake, Mary, don't trust him. I'm, I'm going to turn the detonator off. Don't shoot. The Terrorhawks puppets have really ugly hands close up as well. So Daryl claims he's trying to fight it, but... There's that voice in the green light. Can't fight it anymore. So Mary shoots him down. I don't understand why she's so sad. Got him, Mary. Considering she could have used the stun setting, but didn't. She clearly used kill. Take a look. And yet, somehow... He was an android. Yep. Right. Even though it doesn't really track with... I had this theory. ...with a lot of what we've seen previously. I'm sorry. <sighs> so, right, Daryl was presumably a human being from the start of the story, and then when Zelda met him, he was still human, and then they took him back to her ship, and the next time we see him, he's out in the desert with a cube, still being sassy, takes control of the Overlander. I'm guessing from... You know, the original Daryl never left Zelda's ship... And yet this android was programmed with his personality down to the, the the sarcasm and sassiness and talking back to Zelda, even though he was now her creation and 
she didn't need to program program that into him in the first place. It's very confusing, that revelation, and I think it's only in there to um, to let Mary off the hook, even though, as I say, the Terrorhawks guns have a stun setting, so she needn't have killed him anyway. Um, but it does feel like just, oh, no, he's an, he was an android, so it doesn't matter, it makes it easy. And uh, Zelda never turned any other, never made androids out of any other humans, as far as I remember, could be wrong. So it's a very vague, confusing ending that, um... I don't know, it doesn't let the episode down at all, because we have that spectacular stuff with the Overlander and the model sequences in the desert, so it's all good for that. Um, you know, a good, good uh, early episode of Terrorhawks, one of the best of the, uh, the early days, I think.